This is Debatable. Get in on the conversation. Call us at 844-6-VOLUME or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at SiriusXMVolume. Gotta find a way out. What you feel is natural, but I don't want to feel this anymore. Pick yourself up off the kitchen floor. What you waiting for? Back on Debatable, Jim Shear in for Mark Goodman, joined by Alan Light. And from Nashville, what a treat, Marin Morris, welcome to Debatable. Hi, thanks for having me. Just so you know, uh, we are Caddy Corner from Radio City Music Hall, and your name right now is on the marquee. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we're all set for your <laughs> September 6th performance here in New York City. Naming, naming lights here in the big city. Oh. I love it. I can't wait to play there. So how was Bonnaroo? Um, probably like my favorite day ever. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you didn't pause there scared me. I know. I didn't know where that was going to go. But you didn't just you didn't just play. You hung out, stayed around, right? I actually went a day early so I could just be a fan. <laughs> um, but it was so fun. I saw uh, Hosier, Post Malone. We saw the Avett Brothers, Fish. It was a very Bonnaroo weekend. <laughs> it's not a bad day's work, though, right there. And how yeah. and how was your how uh, how was your set? And do you approach? I know you're playing. Uh, you know, I know you've got Lake Shake this weekend. I know you've got the the regular country festivals coming. But how does how, you know? Do you do a different plan of attack when you're going into Bonnaroo than than the the more straight ahead country dates? I mean, my set is pretty diverse, I guess, sonically. But we definitely rearranged our set for the festival season, and Bonnaroo is the kickoff of that season. So we just we make a lot of musical moments, and it's a really high-energy set. But it also is really musical in the way like we use a lot of a cappella vocals, and I, I just love voices when you're outside. Uh, so, yeah, but it was, I love that crowd so much. It's, it's the most diverse, accepting, tolerant crowd. And so I, everyone's in a great mood, and I, you just can't help but have the best day ever. Best day ever. We are speaking with Marin Morris, who is in Nashville, Tennessee. So we just read your Playboy interview. We loved it. How is your circle reacting to it? <laughs> well, we've obviously known that it's happening um, for a while, but... Uh, I mean, I'm just so proud of it. It was probably my favorite interview I've ever done. And I just think that Dolly Parton did it in the 70s, and it was the most iconic cover. And I felt like if Dolly did it, I'm going to do it too. I mean, Dolly's a good measuring stick, right? Exactly. Have you been getting any heat? I mean, it's not, as we said, this is not a was not a conventional, you know, playing nice and playing by the rules uh sort of an interview um what's you know what are you what have you been getting back from from fans and from folks out there i would say the majority of it is super supportive and accepting because it's 2019 and uh it's a really tasteful uh they're tasteful photos and the interview is extremely honest and I, it was just a great conversation that day but i um i think like the the minute portion of people that didn't get it are the only like haters <laughs> but it's all you know I, I kind of knew it was going to cause a little bit of a stir sure. because you know when you hear 
the word playboy it's very you know synonymous with like nudity and um a lot of what their past issues have been about but i um i love that this whole issue was about like gender and sexuality and i'm very much about you know empowering your uh yourself and that i do that with my record and i think that that's why they approached me to do it in the first place but um i just kind of like shake the haters off because you're always going to have them and you can't win with them so you just have to do you and stay your own course and I I don't regret one bit of it it was probably my favorite interview I've given and I'll have these photos forever and I think the thing the thing to me that really jumped out at this from this interview was you talking about and this has long been the struggle of like women in music or women in rock or women in country and the way that that's seen as this kind of you know, side or subset or whatever. And you talking about being a writer, being a producer and people still wanting to talk to you about your hair and your clothes. Um, (laughs) that, that's, you know, is, do you feel like that's ever gonna, is that ever going to change? I remember having these, these conversations in the nineties in the eighties, you know, when it was Alanis or when it was whoever, and it was the same discussion. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, my husband is an artist as well. And I say this in the article, actually, like the the question I'm so over trying to answer is like, what's it like to be a woman in the industry? Because I doubt my husband or any of his male peers or my male peers get that same kind of question. And I, yeah, I mean, maybe I just have to put out there for them to ask. You know, I co-produced my last two records and I wrote every song and I'm very musically involved in every facet from the songs themselves to the font on a record or a t-shirt that you buy so um I yeah the the work part of it is something I wish I was asked more about instead of you know the 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 fluff so Marin, I think of you as not just a huge voice in country music but a huge voice in culture will you make that voice bigger as the 2020 election approaches I, I don't know. Time will tell, I guess. I, uh, I'm i definitely... Not to put little... any pressure on you. Yeah. No, and obviously we're watching right now with Taylor, you know, her decision to yeah. go out and speak up more and obviously make that the focus of what she's doing. Um, it's, you know, it's got to be on your, it's got to be on your mind. And, and I think, you know, related to that, you talked a little bit, I guess, about, you know, some of the response after Vegas and after you put Dear Hate out and you know, tweeted about all that. Um, how do you, you know, what's it, what's it been like when you've even sort of entered into those waters? I would say again, like the majority is supportive. Um, I, I, I definitely have spoken up on things only when I'm really passionate or furious about something. Um, and I, someone told me this Johnny Cash quote where it's like, he said, you uh anytime you put yourself out there i'm obviously like gonna paraphrase this quote (laughs) but like anytime you make a statement or or like authentically yourself um you're gonna lose maybe like like you'll lose five thousand but you'll gain fifteen thousand and i just loved that and it kind of summed up my my week because i think that anytime you are vocal about something and you have this platform yeah you're gonna definitely run the risk of people getting turned off and you know, withholding their fandom from you. Um, but I ultimately, I'm like, I only get, you know, these however many trips around the sun. And yes, I make music, but I also, while I'm here, 
and have this platform that I've been so graciously given, I, I would like people to know where I stand. And um, I think that the people that have, um, you know, been unsupportive or unfollowed me because of this Playboy thing or the Emma Gonzalez thing, I, I'm just like, you know what? that's on you I, I think to each their own and I uh it kind of weeds out the people you don't want as right. fans <laughs> maybe it's just not meant to be right um, I wanted to ask about uh, an obvious thing to ask about but I gotta ask about the middle um mm-hmm. two things I mean first of all just how does it change your life to have that kind of a song what happens as that thing stuck around for month after month after month and then you know, are there lessons that you took from it as a songwriter, as a producer, whatever? Is that just lightning strikes? It was right song, right voice, right time? Or are there things that you took from that that, you know, you can apply moving forward and doing your work? Um, it, it brought my name to the kind of forefront of pop while it was out because um, a lot of people obviously know who Zed is, but... Um, I love that he always showcases different women on his songs. And to him, and he said this in interviews, like it's not about the fame that the person has. It's about the right voice for the song. And he obviously felt that way about my voice on the middle. And so, yeah, it, it brought a lot of like awareness to people that don't listen to country music. Like, who's this Marin Morris chick? And then they go and check out my other albums. And so it only did great things for me and it's such a high point in the show um you know i'll i'll i don't know if i'll have that same moment again the same way so it it really was a kind of like microcosm for what it was and creatively did you again did were there lessons to take away from it or do you just think man that was just everything lined up right and that's great but it you know that you can't you don't recreate something like that right i mean it, it definitely didn't make me want to you know go be in pop star or go be a pop star. I, I definitely want to stay in my my country roots. And I think that's where I feel the most myself. But it made me a little more fearless, I would say, to be a part of a song that was played in, you know, on every continent. Um, it, it, you know, pop music just has that reach. Um, so I think it made me more fearless as a as an artist and as a songwriter, as someone in the studio to like, get weirder with my sounds um because there really are just no rules in pop music and i that's why i love it and not to dip back into politics but last year with certain friends and family members we kind of had disagreements someone someone lean left someone lead right and then when i listened to the middle on the radio i thought this is the perfect anthem for America right now. Why can't you just meet me in the middle? And I think if more of us met in the middle, there would be less problems in this country. So right? in a way, when, when you performed that song, did you ever think that this could be an anthem for the current state of things in the USA? Or is that just me? Uh, I, it crossed my mind once or twice. No, it's not just you. Okay. <laughs> no, it was sort of like this cry for your know, call to action, I guess. It's like, yeah, can we just find a freaking medium here yes so polarizing so it, it gave me comfort for many months to listen to the middle so Aww. thank you Marin. and a great and a pop song i'm that glad everybody you found can, that depth a pop yes. song that everybody can rally around as you said that's got a certain just the universal piece of that has a, 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 a its own kind of power and the first time i Aww. heard it i was actually with you alan we were, oh, wa- we were watching the grammys 
when it was yeah. That's yeah. Right. we all watched yes. the Grammys together. There you go. Oh, I remember that. That feels like a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, spe- and uh, so I want to ask. Speaking of a speaking of a decade ago, I first saw you perform a long time ago. Um, I saw you before the before the you know the the, the album came out. You opened for somebody. You did five songs at the Gramercy Theater here in New York. That was the first time I saw you sing, and that's oh, like yeah. four years ago now. And oh gosh, I got to say, that. yeah, you have come. I mean, it's hard for me to think of somebody who grew as fast as a performer on stage as what you have done. Um, talking to others who've you know just been seeing you as it just feels like there's a huge leap each time you come around. And we, you know, I saw you at the Garden on the Sam Hunt tour and now playing these festivals and these big stages. What, you know, did it, did it take you, um, have you caught up with growing into bigger stages and feeling that sort of confidence in your performance? Uh, yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. I, I definitely have. And every tour that I've done has been like, I've been having more fun on stage because I'm not overthinking every note or move that I'm making I can just kind of relax into it and jam out with my band and enjoy the crowd and not feel so freaked out that people are you know watching me um I still get a little anxious before shows but it's only good now it's not like crippling stage fright like it once was but no I I am certainly enjoying myself and I think that that comes across now when you you see me live Marin, can we chat about the high women? Yeah. What is what is going on? So it's you, Brandy Carlisle, and Amanda Shires. That's and the friend, that's the core, um, right? Natalie Hemby. Okay. Yeah, and our friend Natalie, who is um, uh, I would say like the core songwriter of the group, and she's a badass. Amazing, um, amazing writer. Yeah. Yeah, I've written a ton with her over the years, and she's on all my records, and she wrote the like Star is Born soundtrack, and she's just awesome. But she's written a ton of songs for this project and has an amazing voice, so she's a, a core member as well. All right, so are you working on a proper album? Yeah, where are you and where are we in We just in finished process? it. It's done? It's done. Yeah. Now, when do, when do we get to hear it? Wait, yeah, yesterday you finished? <laughs> or maybe it was Monday. Yeah, Natalie and I went in and finished some harmonies. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping, like, I know we have a couple of songs that are dropping in the next several weeks because we're playing Newport Folk Festival in July. So we want to have, you know, at least like a few songs out um, before that. And then, um, you know, it, it's really, we're just dipping our toe in and seeing how people like it and I know we'll put it out no matter what and it's an amazing record but um yeah no plan for an album release this year at least as far as I know but um I know we'll have some music out in the next coming weeks in 2020 we're gonna get it huh what do you feel like it's bringing out from you I mean I think we have the sense of okay Brandy and Amanda we know that's got the Americana thing and you're gonna go premiere at Newport at the Folk Festival but those are different that's a little different territory for you yeah, honestly, being in the studio recording those songs with those women and, you know, like Cheryl Crow's playing bass, Dave Cobb produced the whole thing. And um, it, it kind of brought me back to my Texas roots um, of just that, that type of music where it's very rootsy, Americana. Um, you know, I contributed some songs to it that maybe didn't certainly fit my solo stuff but it worked perfect in this world and um yeah it, it, you know it's just a great country record 
um, there's just there's a lot of soul in it, I would say. Um, so it, it felt like um, coming home to me in a, in a big way. And uh, I just loved how organic the recording process was where it's like we're live tracking everything all together in the same room facing each other. And, uh, you know, everything's so mechanical now. So it was nice to like kind of go back to the the old style of recording, which is how Dave likes to record, where, you know, the Stapleton records and Isbell and Sergil, you know, it's all like live tracking, which is how they did it. And it's way more human, I would say. Is that intimidating? I mean, for you coming it, off, I mean, certainly it ain't it ain't how you make a Zed record. No, <laughs> definitely no. Um, no, I mean, like opposites en- opposite ends of the spectrum, yes. really. I was a little intimidated when I first got in there because I was like, oh, my God. Brandy Carlisle's to my right, Cheryl Crow's to my left. Like, what is happening? And um, but everything calmed down. Like once we started getting into the song, and I had the best time. So, what's your set gonna look like at Newport? Will you do some of your stuff? Will Brandy do some of her stuff? I think the plan, as far as I know, um, is we're gonna do our record. Oh. So that will kind of be the first time we unveil the other songs as well. Um. Yeah, so, and we've got some, like, special guests, and uh, I've never been to this festival, but I've heard about it for years. It's such and a beautiful, such a beautiful spot. I mean, I'm very, excited. very different than what a Bonnaroo is. Obviously, it's not that magnitude, but it's uh, it's a special place to play. Cool. And to bring, I'm, I'm sort looking of, forward to it. To bring this to sort of back to where we started, I mean, this is another example, you know, working with a bunch of these great women who are writing and producing and playing and doing all of this stuff. And, you know, we've got Carrie Underwood taking out only women as the other acts on her tour. Um, You know, having said, you don't want to just be looked at as the woman in music. Does it, do you feel like it takes this kind of rallying the troops to push back against that? Yeah, I just try to, pay it forward because so many artists um men and women artists have taken me out as an opener and um you know shared their audience with me um you know artists like keith urban and sam hunt and um you know little big town brought me out when i hadn't even released a song um i've just learned so much from each of those artists and i'm going out with miranda lambert this fall um so for me, when I do my headline shows and I get to pick the openers, yeah, I, I want to kind of even the scales because there's there's like a ton of um, there's a ton of tours that are um, headlined by men in country music where they only have dudes on the bill. So nobody, I'm trying to just even the numbers thinks, here. Nobody thinks twice about it. Right. Um, so I just think I want to put my money where my mouth is and, um, you know, give these women an opportunity and uh you know a live setting to showcase their talent because they are so freaking talented and deserve you know the same opportunities and radio play that i've been given um so i think it's just about make you know creating space for them so that's what i i try to do and i think there are a ton of uh, male artists in this medium that completely get it you know people like keith and people like dirks um, you know, those those guys that bring women out on their tour, not because they're doing them a favor, but because they're a fan and they want their audience to see what they see. Marin, thank you so much for the time today. A pleasure. The, thank you, guys. That was still, fun. We're still listening to Girl. We're looking for all of these dates. You're you going out. You and Miranda going out. 
Hi, women, mm-hmm. when it happens, just uh, just keep working. And in September, yeah. in September, if you have time. Yeah, you'll be across the street. Yes, stop by. <laughs> yeah, I should. Y'all right. come to uh, Radio City. We'll be there. We, Marin Moore is playing Lake Shake Festival in Chicago on Friday. Uh, we will kick off whatever you want Wednesday next on Marin, Debatable. Marin, thank you. Yeah, thanks, y'all. I don't know a guy.